You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fellas, it is report card time, as we have through the midseason. Um, you know, just- we've done this every year. This podcast has been in existence. I remember doing report cards all the time, Kayla. <laughs> I just meant like, you know, in school, you get your your mid semester report card. Actually, was it quarterly? Once a semester? I don't remember. It's been a while since I've been in school. How My often parents- do report cards come out? Um, I don't know. I mean, I have kids, so I guess they should come out. I think we've gotten one so far, so it's probably like twice a semester, Kayla. I've gotten one for the older daughter, so that feels that feels right. Cody, you definitely had the talks too much, didn't you? Oh, probably. Actually, I was kind of I was a little quieter as a kid. Shockingly Mm. enough, that would Uh, look at you now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, eventually I decided I, I do want attention. Please give it to me. Nick, what was the lowest grade you ever got? <sighs> How much time do you have? Uh, <laughs> college was a rough six years for me. Kayla, <laughs> I didn't get my first B until I was a junior in high school. Of course. Ugh. I actually, grades were, you know, whatever. I don't remember them that specifically. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good sign. <laughs> they gave me a diploma, okay? When I walked out of Mizzou, they handed me one. So Thank I think you. we're good. Um, all right, we're going to start with Patrick Mahomes. Nick, what are you going to give Patty? You have to give him an A+. I mean, I, I get it. Like, it's really easy to pander to Mahomes and say that he's this perfect quarterback who can do no wrong, and he makes these incredible plays that nobody else makes every single week, but uh, he's a perfect quarterback who can do no wrong and makes incredible plays that nobody else makes each week. That's not it. A, it's like, not only did he get the A+, she put all the stickers on it. To really embarrass the other kids? Like, look what you could be. You could be like him. So I would would say this. um, If you would push back on that, if if there's part of you that's saying, well, I don't know if I'd give him an A+, then my rebuttal would be, what what would you, what has he not done that you would want him to do? What, through eight weeks of this season, through eight games, could you point to and say he could be better in that regard? Like, you could look at the counting stats and say, well, he's got Six interceptions. Okay, let's go back and dissect each of those, right? You go back to the, the most recent one. You had a bobbled catch by Travis Kelsey against the Niners. It was Sky Moore who didn't run the right route. I don't care about the counting stats. Every single week he makes these heroic MVP-like plays. It is an A-plus from Patrick Mahomes again. He lost a arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL who is on pace for two thousand yards this season and all he is getting in return for that is leading the nfl in touchdown passes leading the nfl in yardage he's fourth in completion percentage he's middle of the road in interceptions he's not near the top josh allen's got two more than him the leader is at nine he's right near everyone else at that number and he's doing it without what is the top weapon in the nfl 
for an underperforming offensive line. So, no, I'm feeling pretty good. A plus. We can move on to the next one, I think. Also, A plus, as Cody mentioned, just to reiterate, leads the league yards per game, touchdowns at 21, was our team's leading rusher against the Titans, six carries, 63 yards, a two point conversion. Why is he not in the MVP conversation again? Oh, he is. He's currently now. He is the okay, heading thank you. favorite now. He was third or fourth. My gosh. What does this week? guy oh, got to do? Here is the difference. And here's the reason why you asked that question, Kayla, is because Vegas views him as a favorite. But I think like the by and large national NFL media talking heads, they don't. And it's not because they don't believe he is. It's because people get tired of talking about the same things year after year after year. Yeah. It's not fun to just talk about Patrick Mahomes every single year for four years because it feels like you're just rehashing the same conversation. So people say, what about Josh Allen? What about Jalen Hurts? What about Tua? But Vegas knows, and they've got him back atop the list. As he should be. Next up, Brett Veach. Cody, what are you giving Brett? Uh, A. A. Not A+. plus. Look, I mean, there's still some things that we could probably be finicky about because... Karloftis and McDuffie's not his fault. He hadn't been on the field, but it's because of injury. But Karloftis and Sky Moore's first two of his first three picks are okay, right? Sky Moore has barely been involved. Karloftis uh, has been involved less lately. So it's like he can't go full A. We found two starting corners in the fourth and the seventh round. The Juju Smith Schuster contract, gangbusters. The Carlos Dunlap one is working. He got contract extensions worked out. He's given himself enough money. That if he wants to go sign Odell, he can. So it's a solid A. There's no question about it being a good grade. I'm just not going to give him the Patrick Mahomes A+. That's all. So I'm going to give Brett Veach a B, which in my mind means you've done a good job, but there's room for improvement. There are two ways to sort of define Brett Veach's offseason, both in the short term and long term. And in the short term, I feel like I would still rather have Tyreek Hill with the Kansas City Chiefs than have what ended up being George Karloftis and Kadarius Toney, right? You don't make that move unless you have the extra draft assets, things like that. And the reason why is because even though the Chiefs offense is the best, I feel like that is the superpower of Patrick Mahomes to where he's always going to find the baseline. Even if the circumstances don't allow it, he's so freaking good. Like we saw against the Titans where the offense did not work against the Titans, but he did. Right, Guys weren't getting open downfield. He wasn't getting good blocking in the first half. The running game wasn't there. But he's like, I'm me. So I'm going to go do what I need to do to win us this game. But he did that by himself. And I isolate that a little bit. When the Chiefs offense does stagnate every single time, and I feel like there's a lot of Chiefs fans who will do the same thing, is I just keep thinking about Tyreek Hill. I'm separate from the production that he's having in Miami, which has been incredible. But when the offense does stall, I feel like it is because you don't have that legit separation. When you've got guys like MVS who are out there for 71 snaps and Mahomes can't even look his way because he gets no separation. Like that to me is a bit of an issue. So I think long-term will probably end up viewing that more favorably than I do right now, because long-term when Tyreek Hill is 31, 32 years old and is making $30 million a year, the Dolphins may not love where they're at as a franchise or as an organization, but in the short term, knowing that that cap hits like $6 million, I still wish Tyree kill was in Kansas city. And maybe from the, from the data that we're looking at and the, the record and the stats, it's fine, but moving towards the super bowl, I kind of wonder about that. So it's not just the Tyreek. I still think I'm waiting to see long-term what these, this rookie class does. I think it's question marks kind of across the board right now, which is fine. You're getting value out of those later round picks, but 
It's a B. I'm not failing him. I'm not giving him a C. I'm just saying you've done a good job, but I still need to see more from you. Still a little bitter Betty over there. Yes. yes. <laughs> have, have we talked about Tyreek in every podcast? <laughs> I mean, it is not? kind of a big deal. He's on pace for 2000 yards. <laughs> He's very good. Let me ask you guys this honest question. Am I being, am I being too nitpicky saying that I still wish Tyreek were in this offense? Because I get it. Like all the stats indicate that they're the number one or number two offense in the NFL. So is it, is it unfair of me to say, but what about Tyreek still at this point? I mean, it's hard to be like, what did they be without Tyreek? Because they're great now. And Tyreek was in this offense and we knew where they were, Nick. They're one of the best offenses in the NFL too. He didn't like become a different player. And if he were here, he'd be a 2000 yard receiver. That's not how they use their receivers. That's the one thing I keep in mind is whatever version of Tyreek Hill that is in Miami existed in Kansas City. They just used him different. He didn't get 200 targets here like he's getting in Miami. Yeah, I think it's it's sort of less about the production he's having in Miami and more about the the instances when the offense doesn't look great. Yeah, but those but in fairness, those existed with Tyreek here in Kansas City, too. They run into those things no matter who their offensive skill position players are. I miss the razzle dazzle of it all. But the minute you ditch this team, this offense for more money, you've lost me. It's the crazy hot scale, man. I mean, the relationship might be a lot more fun, but it's chaotic. Like it was more chaotic. It was way more fun. But this is like this feels like the long term relationship. Like, oh, it's fine. It's very we're very good. Everything's this is the offense you would take home to mom and dad. Yeah. (laughs) All comes back to relationships. Um, For what it's worth, I give Brett an A as well, Cody. Um, let's move on to Steve Spagnola. What are we giving Spags? I, uh, so he, I, you know what? B plus. I can't believe I'm giving good grades across the board, I guess. <laughs> he was given a secondary who got rid of their single biggest leader, Tyron Matthew. Um, got rid of all of their veteran corners, except for Legereus Sneed. Was given patchwork defensive line, and they're pretty good. So. I mean, they could be better defensively. It's not like he gets an A because if they were making waves in the pass rush department, but the blitzes are working. Considering the pieces he was given, I think he's made more out of this defense and what he's been given than what he did last year. So to me, that is deserving of a B plus. I agree. I think this is better than what you had last year. I mean, you're talking about at this point in the season, you have had two rookie cornerbacks, one a fourth rounder, one a seventh rounder, who have been your number two and number three corners, your number two and your number four corners. You're starting a rookie. I mean, George Kalafis is not just in the rotation. Like he is playing starter snaps. Leo Chanel is firmly in that linebacker mix, especially with uh, the Willie Gay Jr suspension earlier so he's doing more with less than this year than i think he's done at any point because yeah we can look at the total of the points allowed they're 20th but that's where they've basically been every year under spags so if i'm grading on a curve and just grading him based off of him i'm like you're getting similar production to what you've normally had despite the fact that you're working with less or more inexperienced talent than you've ever had and it's easy to do this too, fresh off of the Tennessee game where your defense pitched a perfect game, a perfect game in the second half and overtime, which you don't see anywhere against any team. I don't care what you think about the Titans offense. Usually you can get a couple first downs. Usually you can get more than 20 yards of offense in two and a half quarters. So 
I think I'm giving an A minus to Spags. I think this has been uh, a fantastic job early this season, and I can't imagine it's not going to get better the second half. I didn't know we were grading with curves. But <laughs> always good. Always good for students. I loved that. Yeah. Um, for me, he's teetering. Yeah. A minus B plus, especially with what we saw last year versus this year. They've saved us so many times this season. It feels like um, I'll give him an A minus A minus for Spags. Let's move on to the rookie class. Nick, what are you giving them? Hmm. So that means I have to take it for its totality. I can't just cherry pick the guys that I really like. Oh, yes. Yes. Rookie class as a whole. Okay. So the rookie class as a whole, I am going to give a C plus. A C plus. And the plus (laughs) is largely attributed to the two cornerbacks that I just mentioned, Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams. Hmm. And I guess George Karloftis to an extent, because at least he's not a liability. When you went in with nine, 10 draft picks, you, you came away with nine players on the roster. I think you do expect to see production, even though there's like the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. And the angel's like, Hey, they're rookies. Give them time. And the devil's like, no, this is the bed you made. These guys need to be good right away. You're competing for a Super Bowl. That's kind of where I find this balancing act, but I think it's been good. You haven't had that one rookie that's like, boom, this guy's going to be a stud. That's going to be a pillar of your organization for the next eight years, which maybe that's unfair. But when you draft all of those rookies and you have two guys in the first round and four guys in the first two rounds, you do expect to, I think, get more production than you've got so far. So it's not an outright failure, but I think it's been pretty milk toast so far this year. Yeah, it's a C. It's average. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. And like you've pointed out, I mean, They'd come home and get the diploma and nobody would try to fail them for what they've done by any means. I would say the one thing that stands out, the, the, the reason why you wouldn't be harder on it is they're getting production from every single level of it. To get a running back that you were at any point starting in Pacheco, to get two cornerbacks that you've started during it, the only guy who has not contributed in any way is Darian Kennard. Even Nazee Johnson, the third of three seventh-round picks, has been active on a game day and played special teams for this team. Now, the thing I would say is there are a lot of just roster fillers. Like, I hope that Brian Cook and Leo Chanel aren't that eventually, but they're just roster fill guys right now. Sky Moore has been a roster fill guy to this point. The only two guys right now that you feel like have star potential are Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis. We haven't seen nearly enough of McDuffie, and we haven't seen nearly enough of Karloftis lately. Um, in that future star or, you know, at least Pro Bowl caliber kind of player. So it's very much an incomplete grade. It feels like I want a lot more evidence, but as it sits right now, a C is fine. Lucky for this rookie class, they still have half a semester to raise that grade. Yeah. I also agree. C, average. We'll look for some improvement. We had to do that because we were being very easy graders. (laughs) (laughs) 